0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Abundant Wellness Podcast. We have the immense privilege of having Stephanie Overstreet, registered nurse, um, nutritional therapy practitioner, and postpartum support practitioner using her signature method, the peace method, with all of her
1: postpartum clients. Welcome, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're on with us today. Thank you for having me back. I always enjoy having these chats with you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Anytime. I feel like, you know, we're, we always dialogue regularly and we're like, that needs
0: to be an episode. So Mm -hmm. it always, you know, just our conversations usually end up becoming, you know, uh, helping other people too. So I just love that you're so willing to share, share your expertise and your experience. And for those of you that are listening, we're really tackling this month, um, the topic of shame and understanding, Uh, the different voices that shame has and where it tries to come into our life and influence our perspectives or really just kind of put a damper on the process that we're in and why it is so important to identify those patterns of shame in ourselves. And so this episode, we're going to be specifically talking about shame as it relates to postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and other postpartum issues that occur during that season of life. So, Stephanie, I would love for you to just share a little bit about your story and your journey with that, and then we'll kind of dialogue from there.
1: Yeah. Um, So, I was a registered nurse for a number of years before I became a mom, and I had A background in pediatrics and postpartum nursing in the hospital. So when it was my turn to become a mom, I had a sense of confidence and maybe even a little bit of pride of like, oh, I've got this handled. I've taken care of many babies and new moms and, you know, it should be fine. I kind of went into it like a lot of first time moms do where we kind of think like, yeah, I've heard of different struggles, but that won't be me, you know? And um, so when I had my daughter, I I didn't realize it, but I think while I was pregnant, I had some um, bits of perinatal depression, which is something that is often not talked about, but Sometimes women can have symptoms of depression during pregnancy, um, just not feeling like yourself, low mood, um, things like that. And so that is actually a strong uh, risk factor for postpartum mood issues. And I had no idea about that at the time. I didn't even know that that's what I was struggling with. I just kind of thought it was just me, you know? know? And so then when I shifted into postpartum, uh, then I found myself kind of in hot water with a number of different symptoms going on, ranging from, um, mood swings and rage and anger and fear and feeling out of control and, um, inability to sleep and, uh, eventually I think low mood and depression because things were just so all over the place with the anxiety. And, um, just, I felt like I completely lost myself. And before long, it was like, I would look in the mirror and just be like, I don't know who that is. Like, I just, it was so far from what I envisioned and expected. And I had this narrative. I remember thinking this from the day that my oldest was born. I should know how to do this. Mm. There was kind of this because I'm a nurse and because of my background, I should know. Like I taught women in the hospital how to breastfeed. So I felt shame about the fact that I needed my midwife to help me learn how to breastfeed because it was like, well, I should know how mm-hmm. to do this. Um, or just like, you know, the challenges of taking care of a newborn, no one can really prepare you for what that's like and especially doing it sleep deprived and with postpartum hormones shifting. Right. And so I just felt like a fish out of water, but I had this narrative again of, I should know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that was where shame first started Um, And then obviously as I'm having all of these different symptoms and just not, uh, not doing well, I started feeling like I'm just not transitioning to motherhood. Well, like I'm just not handling this well. And I remember it was, there were a mix of different things. Like I had one or two women kind of say like, well, maybe you have, Postpartum going on, and I remember depending on the day, I may have felt receptive to that. And then other times, (laughs) I remember my husband saying, I talked to so and so's husband who had, and she had postpartum depression, and he says that it's a chemical imbalance. And I remember yelling at my husband. I do not have a chemical imbalance, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because there was just so much shame about something being wrong with me. And yet that is the predominant feeling that I had was this feeling of like, something is wrong with me. I can't do this. And really, as time went on, it was more messages of I'm failing at this. I'm bad at this. I'm just not a good mom. I just Mm -hmm. can't do this. Everybody else can do it. But me, it was, it was interesting how I think at the time I really um, was not experienced in learning how to examine the thoughts that I was entertaining. So a lot of these thoughts were just crossing my mind coming every which way And I just kind of accepted them all as true. And I think it's interesting when we think about confirmation bias, our brain is looking for things in the natural, for evidence to support the beliefs that we have. So I do think that there was this unfortunate circumstance where there were challenges to begin with. And then I, this shame narrative came in and then I found plenty of evidence in my life to support that shame narrative. And I really, I think walked in partnership with it. And, you know, um, that only kind of compounded it. And I, at the time, no one was talking about it and I would have good days where I would think like oh I can handle this maybe I'm fine and then I would have really off days like horrible days and I mm-hmm. would be like no something is wrong with me you know so it was right. very confusing honestly it was very confusing and I just didn't really know what was typical or normal and mm-hmm. um so I think it took me a while to kind of realize that I needed some support, but I, I really struggled for the first several months with even really, I, I really just couldn't even verbalize what was going on. Cause I think I was right. so uh, locked up in shame and just not wanting other people to think that I wasn't a good mom, you know, because that's what right. we want most is to be a good mom and to enjoy our baby. So I was, really sad that those two things were, you know, didn't feel like they were happening, you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, and I think it compounds the shame because there's also disappointment under there of like, mm-hmm. this was supposed to be enjoyable and it's not like, mm-hmm. it's really hard mm-hmm. and I'm struggling. And I don't know how to say that I'm struggling because I don't really even know how to articulate like what's happening in, you know, is it my mind? Is it my body? Am I just sleep deprived? Like there's so many different elements to that. And, and so you mentioned, you know, there were a couple like themes that I picked up on within that. So which you know, a lot of them are the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, right? Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't struggle. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't be hard. I should have this all together. I should know better. Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing better doesn't always equate to like there's a difference between what we know cognitively and then being able to actually function, Mm -hmm. like having the capacity to function in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so how did, like, when in that timeline, would you say that you kind of became aware that I, this is like too much and I need to now do something to get out of it? Like I'm, you're kind of waking up to the fact that this probably isn't normal and I probably need to get some help.
1: Yeah, I would say it was about four months postpartum. I really just kind of tried to write it out and, you know, um, focused on the good, on the good days. But then I think it was about three or four months postpartum. I was um, volunteering at a faith-based pregnancy center at the time um, as a registered nurse. And so I had attended a training where we were taught the Edinburgh um, screening tool for postpartum depression and anxiety so that we could refer moms out to a county program. And I think I had attended that training at the end of my pregnancy. So I had some like vague knowledge that there was a resource. So I ended up just going into the pregnancy center and talked to um, the volunteer coordinator who was overseeing me as a volunteer. And I just told her like, I am really struggling. I am not doing well. I'm not coping well. You know, I think I need help. And so she helped me get referred into that program. So I'm think, I think, um, she was someone that I could really open up to because I, knew her, had a relationship with her, but also the context for which I knew her, you know, we were meeting with women who were having unplanned pregnancies and, right. you know, talking to them about their options and supporting them, um, when they chose to, to keep their pregnancy. And so she was very used to working with women in taboo, you know, shameful if right. you know, circumstances. So I did feel comfortable, um, talking to her about it, even though it was very painful to admit where I was at. Um, but I think all the time about how fortunate I was that I knew about that resource that I had access to her. Um, because I just think about the average woman who it, who was in my shoes and just would have no idea where, where to even start, you know, right. That was really what ended up leading me into what I'm doing now and working with postpartum women and supporting them was really because of the shame that I felt and how hard it was to speak up and even just admit to myself, what was really going on. Yep. It was like, there needs to be more, <laughs> this needs to be talked about more, you know, Absolutely. Well, and I think it
0: touches on, it touches on a couple of things. One is that shame becomes a barrier to actually receiving the help that's available to us like Mm a hundred percent of the time, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Two, it, it, the question it like kind of taps on in my heart or that makes me wonder, you know, and I would be asking myself the same question is where does that belief come from that it's wrong to struggle? Exactly. And you actually asked me this question like two days ago. (laughs) So like, Hey, where did that come from? Because I'm hearing like a a pattern, you know, in, in the conversation. And I think it's really important to talk about that, like where, and I'm still chewing on it. I don't have an answer for myself yet, but I'm wondering if now that you have some, having some perspective on that season, Mm -hmm. where did that, cause it, it it is like a performance-based Mm -hmm. kind of fear-based thought, right? Of, Mm -hmm. you know, where does that come from? Of it's not okay for me to not be okay, or it's not okay for me to struggle. Like Mm -hmm. you have, are you able to identify for you what that was?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I was going to add to the fact, I I didn't say this earlier, but Another thing that I really, that was a strong message, one was it's not okay for me to struggle. I should know better. And the other was kind of this self-blame message of there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong. I'm the reason that all of this is going poorly. Um, It's almost like I couldn't see outside of myself and just look at the situation and go, you've just had a number of really hard things happen and anybody in your shoes would be struggling. And right. you know what I'm saying? Um, So I think that blame self blame also is a shame message. Yep. And, you know, I really was very stuck in shame for a very, very long time when it came to this journey, it was probably, at least a year, if not longer, honestly, I almost wonder if I'd have to really think about it, but I, I believe that I may not have really been able to recognize shame for what it was until the, until my mood started to stabilize. Mm -hmm. I started working with a nutritional therapy practitioner when I was about a year postpartum, um, and I started to stabilize some things in my body and, um, then I weaned and I stopped breastfeeding. And so my hormones started shifting Right, and I actually didn't have issues with mood because of weaning. I found for me that after I weaned, I actually felt better about mm-hmm. a month later, which I know every woman is different, but, um, I almost think that a lot of the realization of where the shame was coming from and what the answer was. I think it came that revelation came to me actually in the season on the other side of the struggle. And kind of like when you process with the Lord, like what What just happened there? Yeah. Yeah. And like, Oh, why? Like it was like, then I could actually take a step back and recognize these narratives and at what it came down to for me, I believe I started to kind of process some of this with the Lord, probably about nine months postpartum. Um, Cause I had a real turning point with the Lord where I remember being so angry at him for, for not healing me instantly. And for, I felt like he was letting me struggle and just kind of like a bystander, like just mm-hmm. watching me struggle and not doing anything about it. Yeah. And I was so angry with him and so like on the verge of offense. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment where I think I was screaming at him in my clothes closet. Relatable. (laughs) In the other room crying and we're both crying. Yeah. (laughs) And i had a moment where it was like, I could just choose to just walk away from it all or I could choose to move toward you even though I don't understand any of this. Yeah. And so I chose to move towards God in that moment and yeah. and embrace some mystery and that was really that surrender of my right to be in control, mm. my right to understand that moment of surrender actually allowed me to then begin to step into healing yep. and connection with the Lord. And so I think at that point, I started to have some realization of it. You touched on it, but performance, yep. I think that my postpartum journey really brought to the surface, um, a sense of value and belonging and worth self-worth that I had in my ability to perform and to do things a certain way and to have it all together and to do a good job. And it really took, um, going through a season where I was not capable of doing any of that and where I became completely reliant on the Lord Mm Mm-hmm. I became reliant on him for my next breath for yeah. my, it was just one day at a time. And I remember just telling him, like, my life is in your hands. Like, I cannot do this apart from okay. your strength. And I think when we get to that place of surrender and that place of reliance, it strips away these things that are underneath shame. Totally. That are Kind of like parts of our identity, right? So yes. Things like performance and perfection. And um, so, and I think also it really highlighted to me, I started to have to wrestle with the fact that I could be loved and valued and worthy of love for no other reason than just because he says that I'm his. Right. It really came mm-hmm. down to understanding my identity as his daughter, because when we're not living like a daughter, then we partner with some orphan mindsets of it's all, it's all up Up to me. me. Yep, It all depends on me. I'm self-reliant. I, if, if it falls apart, I'm to blame because Mm -hmm. it all relies on me. Mm, If I can't do this, then I'm you know, worthless or I have no, I I'm bad, you know, right. I'm a bad mom. Those kinds of messages were yes. all dependent on, um, my ability or my strength. And so I think that is where <laughs> that discovering my identity and, and accepting his love, um, apart from, you know, I had to be in a place where I literally could not perform or earn or achieve right. perfection. Right. To <laughs> so that place where it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is not about me. This is about your love for me, you know? Yeah. Wow.
0: No, it's so good. And it and it's so true because it, it really does strip you, right? It strips you of, you know, it's like, there's something going on in my mind. There's something obviously going on in my body, like with hormones, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. spiritual aspects to this at well, you know, as well, where mm-hmm. the enemy just tries to take advantage of the vulnerability. And so, um, but I love that, you know, that you were able to make that connection eventually, like mm-hmm. it's almost like when our head comes out of the clouds, like mm-hmm. the fog of it all we can see you know, usually where he was and what he was doing and the realization of like, okay, I, I get it now, (laughs) but in the middle of it, it's really hard to like pull that apart, you know, um, how, you know, when looking at, we're, you know, we're talking about shame and postpartum specifically, but because postpartum impacts the whole family, that Mm -hmm. shame doesn't just impact you, right? Like it, it impacts every relationship that's connected to you. And, and not in any kind of like guilt inducing kind of way, but just a realization that there's no way for that not to spill over, right? Because it's, you know, if I believe that I shouldn't have it all together and I shouldn't struggle and I shouldn't need anyone and I should be a better mom. And yet physically, emotionally, I can't because there's these barriers, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna perform. I'm gonna try to perform. And then when I can't, it's usually gonna come out as anger and frustration at mm-hmm whoever, right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I'm like, it's just going to spill out. So can you share a little bit about how, I mean, you've mentioned, uh, you've talked a little bit about how that kind of impacted uh, your relationship with your spouse. um, But also how did that impact like your mothering during that season? Because I remember like being hit with this, you know, so much guilt and Mm -hmm. so much shame of like, I want to connect with you, but I can't because Mm -hmm. I just don't feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm struggling and everything feels overwhelming and hard
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: not having a name to it. Even like, I didn't know, I knew about postpartum depression, but I didn't know that's what I was experiencing. Like Uh, even as, I mean, similar background, registered nurse worked in pediatrics, you know, like mm -hmm. I should have known, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. when it's you, like, there's so many reasons why we don't. So can you talk just a little bit about what the impact was like on those relationships and Mm -hmm. how, you know, eventually addressing the shame kind of brought that full circle.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, there's a quote that says something along the lines of like, the hardest thing about postpartum depression and anxiety is that you feel like the symptoms are you, Yes. So it's like, you can't separate the symptoms from who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, you know, what you're describing. There's a lot of shame there because it's like, we don't even recognize right. that these symptoms are things that are happening to us, but they're, they're not a commentary on who we are as a mom right. or mm-hmm. who we are as a person. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember feeling I probably struggled with some disconnect, um, just, um, feeling like, gosh, I wish that you had a better mom. Like, I'm sorry Mm. that you kind of got stuck with me, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and I also found ways I was insecure. So I would interpret different things as even rejection or like, if I put her down and she cries, it must mean I'm doing some, I'm not doing a good job, right. which mm-hmm. is just not even the truth, you know? Right. Um. And I also, um, because I felt like I was failing and I was, I, you know, there was fear and shame and guilt in operation that made me want to be, to try to control. So I remember right. really, like, stressing out about so many different things about my baby because mm-hmm. it was like I was trying to control something to totally. feel better and so that added a lot of stress to mothering my first baby and I feel like I stressed over every little decision and I had no confidence you know right. because I was partnering with that shame and guilt so it robbed a lot of the joy that I I think is our god-given Um, inheritance of mothers. I think we're meant to walk in joy and peace. And that doesn't mean during postpartum that everything's going to be easy. So joy and peace are separate from our circumstances. right? Um, But we're supposed to be able to tap into that no matter what's going on. And I think that in my case, I was completely unable to access those things, right? Because there was because I was stuck in so much of the shame and the guilt and the wanting to control. And I think with my husband, um, we were we you know we got along okay, but I would say that he was like suddenly married to somebody that he mm. was not the person he married. Right. You know, I, I see that now. I didn't recognize it then. Mm-hmm. All I knew was back then he would say something trying to help, and I always misinterpreted it. Mm. I always took it personally. I always felt like he was um shaming me, blaming mm. me. But now I can see that it was my filter or my lens of yep. shame that was totally. actually causing. Distance between him and I that a lot of it really wasn't coming from him. There were some communication things, there were some different things we needed to right. work out because this was the most stressful, challenging season that he and I had ever been through in our marriage, you know. Right. But I could actually see later, once I came mm-hmm. out of it, like, oh, my poor husband, like, <laughs> yeah, that that is not the, the woman he knows, <laughs> like.
0: Right. At least
1: a year with somebody who was different. Not that. Yeah. And also I could see how I took a lot of things personally Mm -hmm. because of what was going on inside of me. And so all of that changed in both my parenting and my marriage when I began to get that healing and that freedom. And that was just like I said, it was a long process. It started in my relationship with the Lord one-on-one. Yeah. And then over time, it involved some counseling and some inner healing and deliverance prayer. And actually, it also involved um, finding a small group of really safe women yeah. that I could actually be transparent and vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. And they they didn't judge me or um, try to shut me down or give me pat am- answers. They yes. were just They were witness to my journey. So it started with the Lord being witness to my journey and meeting him in it, him and I, everything else was stripped down. And it was like, okay, it is just me and you, Jesus. But then over time, some of that healing actually came through, um, you know, people that God actually put in my path. And it also took a lot of courage on my part to open myself up to those things And to get the support when I still felt ashamed, right? Actually, the vulnerability is what starts to break the shame.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I, I would
1: fully agree with that. It's, you know, and it's going back to
0: that shame is a barrier Mm -hmm. to receiving help. But if we recognize that shame is the barrier and we can climb over that barrier or we can push it just a little bit. So there's a little bit of a crack for me to walk through, right? Mm-hmm. Then um, we can, you know, like you said, receiving that community or receiving counseling or, you know, medical help or nutritional help. And all of a sudden you get that next piece to your puzzle that you need to overcome. And um and I think it's so important because especially during the postpartum period, like I was saying, shame impacts almost every facet. Right. Because it's it's impacting the way you think about yourself, how -hmm. you're perceiving how other people think about you. Mm -hmm. Um, like I had a lot of people, God bless them, they were so well meaning, um, but very much like over spiritualized what I was going Mm -hmm. through. And I'm like, no, there were like my dad had just passed away, like I had compounded grief, I had some PTSD that I had didn't even know was an issue. Mm Um, I had a, you know, a baby. So now I'm having all of these hormonal slash physical issues. And yes, God is always willing to help us, but that didn't mean he was going to deliver me from it. Like Mm -hmm. I still had to walk through it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and so when people would well-meaning say, oh, you just need to pray more or just turn on some worship music, like those are great tools, but it's not the everything. And, and so once, Mm -hmm. same situation where I finally, I stopped talking about it because I Mm -hmm. felt like, well, I'm just getting kind of garbage answers that like, aren't really, (laughs) they make me feel worse about myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not helping me to get to where I need to go. But once I finally started talking to people who like you and some other friends that it was like, yeah, I experienced that too. It was awful. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. and all
0: of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not alone. Like Mm -hmm. there's not something wrong with me. There was something Mm -hmm. going on in my body yeah that i couldn't control and mm-hmm. and so that kind of leads me to maybe where we'll wrap up today which is you know cuz we're we've been talking about like how do you get from shame to self-compassion because if we allow ourselves to rewrite the story right and have use some of that hindsight and perspective and work with the lord and conversations with friends how when you look back at yourself in that season how do you see stephanie from nine years ago or eight years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do you see her you know
1: yeah yeah I think that that a lot of that it really was so helpful um to receive some inner healing prayer and actually to connect with Jesus and like what does he say about it you know because he's he's just he is the essence of love, you know, that's like when you encounter that, that it changes everything. Right. And so, um, I think that that transformation that happened by encountering his love helped to transform how I saw myself where now I can look back and say, you know, that, that new mama just was had, had a really tough set of circumstances. There mm-hmm. were a number of really challenging things. Kind of like what you were saying. My daughter had some special needs at the time. Right. There were things going on in my body. Um, things happened right after delivery that would have impacted the oxytocin that I was supposed to have. Right. Instead, I had fight or flight adrenaline and cortisol. Um, things like that, you know, and even gut issues that were affecting neurotransmitter production and the list goes on. So I think I look back on (laughs) Stephanie of eight years ago with a lot of like compassion, because I just, I just see that she matters. Yeah. She matters. Her value is not, is not determined by the, you know, the things that happened to her or even how she navigated that, mm-hmm. you know, like you just mm-hmm. learn to look back and say, Oh, that is so hard. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to struggle because you still matter. You still wow. matter to the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, honestly, one of the biggest things that has helped me is Um, you probably teach your clients this tool too, but to access self-compassion, it's really helpful to think about what would I say to a close friend, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually having those conversations. I think you and one other friend were the first people I met that had had a similar experience to mine. Right. And I think your responses of, yeah, it just sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really hard yeah, you didn't deserve that. You didn't do anything to deserve that. You know, just those messages, I think really helped me to kind of learn, oh, this is the same thing. Like the compassion I received from my friends, I can have that same compassion on myself. And even sometimes we have to forgive ourselves because as moms, we're going to make mistakes. And I think I, when you partner with shame, you beat yourself up for the things that you wish you would have done differently, but there's right. something so powerful about self-compassion and also offering our self forgiveness that is so freeing. Right. And the other thing I've thought about as my daughter has gotten older is if my daughter came to me mm. with that situation, what would I tell her? You mm-hmm. know, because that's another way that we can kind of access (laughs) some of that compassion that we would have for other people. And even on that note, if, if it's what I would say to my daughter, then chances are my heavenly father has something equally Mm. compassionate, if not more loving and compassionate to say to me, you know, so So sometimes I'm having a hard time discerning what the Lord wants to say to me. I'll, kind of think about what I would say to my daughter and then kind of <laughs> yeah reverse that a little bit or turn it around on myself.
0: <laughs> right. Well and it and it's knowing that, you know, what does that verse say that talks about like if us being imperfect parents, right? If we want to do this good, like just imagine what, you know, what God thinks about you. And I think that's a great tool um to give people. And I think, you know, one of the other things I would add to that is if making that that I don't want to say jump because it's not really a jump. It's a messy process of oh, yeah. shame to self. Cause you're really, I mean, there's a lot of self-reflection. There's a lot of looking at why do I believe this way? And maybe there's some pain I need to address here, or there's a reason why I'm so bound up in self-reliance that I can't like mm-hmm. offer myself self-compassion. Mm-hmm. One of the, the best things that we can do if we can't offer that to ourselves or maybe even access that with the Holy Spirit or our relationship with Jesus is to meet with somebody who can mirror what we need. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we have these amazing things in our brain called mirror neurons. It's why babies learn how to smile. They learn how to smile mm-hmm. by looking at their mirroring Literally, what they see on our faces, and Mm -hmm. if we haven't like experienced that from other people, maybe we didn't get that from parents or peers, even Mm -hmm. we need to have somebody else reflecting that for us. So, whether that's a friend, a pastor, a counselor, Mm -hmm. you know, receiving some inner healing and deliverance, like whatever that looks like, it's okay to say, I don't actually know how to access this myself, like, I need you know there were different parts of my journey not even related to postpartum that i needed to have somebody mirror for me what it looked like to be cared for or mm-hmm. loved in a certain way so that the shame could just fall like yes. it had a safe place to just kind of land and that is what we do for each other as friends right it's like tell me what what was that like for you you know and i think our little circle we all three have kids with special needs and so we understood that extra element Here, of yeah. struggle where it was like, and I think that was the first time for me that I was like, Oh, I'm not alone in this, mm-hmm. you know, even 10 years later, it was like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. It's amazing. Yeah. So I yeah. think you touched on so many, just, you know, it's that whole mind, body, spirit, uh addressing that from a mind body spirit connection like we have to look at why why we're believing the things that we are but even identifying you know i thought i think you tackled that really well of identifying what shame sounds like it's the shoulds the shouldn'ts you know i should have it all together i don't need help like all of those all of those thoughts, and really kind of looking at them as something from outside of you, like mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm gonna choose to look at this like it's written out on a piece of paper. Do I want to be thinking these thoughts? Like, mm-hmm. is this something I really want? do I really want to accept this about myself? Yeah, and then where is that coming from? Because if that you know, if we can take it from inside of us to outside of us, it's a little bit easier to develop that awareness to say, okay, like there's something that's keeping me from moving forward in my healing and accessing help, like you said, and talking about my problem. And it's really important to develop, you know, that, that self-awareness and the self-compassion and just knowing that that's a journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still, I think even, you know, 12 years later, like recovering certain little pieces of my journey with postpartum of like, wow, that was really hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
0: being able to look back at, my younger self and being like, "Gosh, I just want to give you a hug like that was so exactly. hard, <laughs>
1: yeah, I had experience recently when you were talking about like um, we need to find a say somebody that we can access that compassion with, I think that that is probably a big reason why practitioners like yourself and myself I think that's a big reason why we do what we do hundred percent we want to be that source of support to mirror that compassion and to help, help, um, women identify what is the story that I'm telling myself about the circumstances? Cause I think that is the biggest thing that I didn't see at the time, but it was like, you know, I don't know, let's just take an example of like the baby had a tough time breastfeeding. Well, she could have a tough time breastfeeding because she has a tongue tie, but what's the story I'm telling myself about that? Oh, I'm telling myself this story that I'm doing a bad job and I don't, I'm not good at breastfeeding. I'm not a good mom if I can't figure this out. Right. So yes, sometimes it helps to have a a safe person, which can be a practitioner to kind of mirror that compassion and help you to get stuff outside of your story. And that was once I really started to see the all of the different things that were going on for postpartum, I became really like this, almost this righteous anger, but also this passion of like, no one else should have to struggle this way and be bound to all of this. And, you know, isolated in shame the way I was. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I remember almost on the daily, what my husband told me was just be the voice that you wish you would have had. Mm -hmm. And that really, I think the, the sentiment behind the statement is breaking the shame. Absolutely. And, and, you know, mirroring it, mirroring the compassion and the, the acceptance and the love, that is what breaks the shame. But yeah, it's just, it's quite a journey, isn't it? And especially, you're right, postpartum has so many different components to it. And so we really have to address the whole person, like you were saying, because this the shame Message is it's a big part of it for sure.
0: It is. Well, and I, I'm even thinking about the the part of like recognizing that our I think part of what contributes to the shame, like just from a practitioner, you know, with our medical background, conventional medicine, um, it's really not built to support women postpartum at all. Oh
1: no! Uh-uh. Like
0: I'm like I see you know this list of okay, you come in for one lactation visit and a six week checkup. Mm -hmm. like how there are so many needs that a woman has that require community it requires Mm -hmm. support it requires sacrifice Mm -hmm. like there is so much involved in that process and I honestly I think it's why so many are so many women are moving from that model to private like working with a private practitioner or working with a coach or a counselor or both Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just saying like I'm not going to Put myself in a position that sets me up to fail. Mm -hmm. And I think recognizing that that is a part of the problem, Mm
1: -hmm. we can
0: actually take some of that blame off of ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. it helps to give us that perspective of like, you know what, that wasn't entirely my fault. Like I had one screening and honestly, I don't think I was honest on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, because I didn't know. I, I was like, well, I don't know. I think I'm just tired. Like exactly that was 90% of it. And I'm like, well, she's only six weeks old. Like I'll probably feel better next week. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, there's just so much I didn't know. And so I think what you do is so vital because it's really eliminating the room. It's eliminating room for shame and disappointment and frustration. And you're really, you know, you're setting people up to succeed in an area where, you know, what it feels like, to fall flat on your face and not for a lack of trying. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to commend you for one being such an excellent friend, but two for really tilling that ground for other people to walk behind you and, and be able to receive, you know, everything that you carry and all of the help and all of the support. I know my friends and I were always like, gosh, if i had had you 10 years ago, I would have been like, <laughs> saved me so much trouble. So if you're listening and you are struggling in this area, you know, you're, maybe you're approaching postpartum, you're about to give birth and you know that you want a different way of doing things. And I would highly encourage you to connect with Stephanie. She's going to share where you can find her. If you are, you know, if, if you are years out from postpartum and you know that maybe there's some inner healing or emotional breakthrough that you need to process um, that part of your journey, you know, I'll drop some resources for that as well, but Stephanie, would you mind sharing maybe um, as I know, we're close to time here, but would you mind sharing maybe just one piece of uh encouragement or advice and then where people can find you?
1: Yeah, I would say my biggest piece of encouragement would just be that wherever you're at, that you're having a postpartum that you enjoy where you can experience peace and joy and confidence and um, be free from guilt and shame I just want to encourage women that that is possible it doesn't this is not necessarily going to happen on its own like we said our culture doesn't set us up for that but it is possible and there is a better way and so um, I would love to connect with you and and basically what I love to do is save women the time and the effort and the struggle that I went through. It's like, let me help you condense time, right? <laughs> take the pressure off of you, take the burden off of your shoulders and give you a really clear way to get those breakthroughs because it's there, it's available. Um, and the best ways to connect with me are, um, my first name is actually spelled with an F instead of a PH. So Stephanie with an F um overstreet on Instagram and then um stephanieoverstreet.com is my website so
0: awesome well thank you so much this was you know a wealth of information and i think just taking you know everything we've shared in previous episodes and taking that you know so much deeper um so thank you for taking the time to be with us today stephanie
1: you're so welcome thank you for having me of course Make sure to follow
0: Stephanie on all of her socials. You can see the links in the show notes. And I also wanted to send a quick reminder to grab the Stop the Shame Cycle three-week breakthrough Bible study series. In this series, I'm going to be taking you through um, understanding your shame story and really going on this journey with the Lord to process that from shame to developing self-compassion. Um, which is a radically uh, transformative process in healing our emotions and really getting that breakthrough in truth that we need from the Holy Spirit. So this Bible study includes the breakthrough prayer session, a journal and workbook, um, and three weeks of private boxer access for coaching, prayer, and support. You can go ahead and sign up in the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening.